return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Every time we read His Word, there should be a change in us, amen, because none of us are perfect, right? So... Every time we read, there should be a change, maybe in the way we're thinking or the way we're acting, you know, amen. Even if we're doing really well in, this, in a certain area, we always have areas to work on, amen. I know I do, amen. We are not perfect, that's why we have a perfect Savior, amen. So I want to talk about just uh, Pentecost Sunday here, what we have through the Holy Spirit. And so just really quick. Background on Pentecost. So Pentecost was an annual Jewish festival, also known as the Feast of Weeks, or the Day of First Fruits, and it was a celebration of the first buds of the harvest, so the first fruits of the harvest, Pentecost. And um, Jewish men were required by law to go to Jerusalem three times each year to celebrate the major feasts, so Passover in the spring, um, Pentecost, which means 50, um, so seven weeks in a day after Passover, and then and then the Feast of Tabernacles at the end of the harvest in the fall. And, and so, you know, while Jews, Orthodox Jews, and, and people that don't believe Jesus died on the cross for their sins, um, Jewish people that, while they celebrate it as the first fruits of the coming harvest, we celebrate it as, as, as the first fruits of a vast harvest of millions of souls. Because on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, and it was all over after that. Amen. He came down like tongues of, tongues of fire sat on each of their heads. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in tongues. Amen. And tongues is a huge part of Pentecost. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But let's just go through it quick. Acts 2, verse 1. Amen. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And I, I love that they were all in one accord. They, were all, they all had a unifying reason to be there. They were all in one spirit. They were all um, there for the same purpose. Amen? And uh, the body of Christ needs to get a little bit more in one accord. Amen? Just being having the same goal to reach people, having the same purpose. Amen? Having the same spirit. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. And that's, that's really an amazing thing because you had 120 people all speaking and I mean, can you imagine the noise and the sound, but it looks like all of these Jews could hear, the, could hear clearly what they were saying, amen, and that's just a supernatural thing, I mean, it's easy now, especially if you've been spirit-filled or, or with the evidence of speaking in tongues for a while, to kind of, you know, you can just do it. You know, just just being able to speak in tongues is just something that you can do, and but but just really thinking about just the magnitude of what that means. I mean, because it's easy it's easy just to do it and kind of take it for granted. But I tell you what, the power of the Holy Spirit is an amazing thing, amen. And we all can use the the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
but they could all hear them speaking in their own language. And they were look, and then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, "Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we are born?" And so there are probably multiple languages. I mean, multiple dialects, multiple things. And so, you know, the different things that they were speaking, the 120 were speaking, each language was represented. I mean, and I heard Pastor Dave say this before in the message, but the ripple effect went around the world. <laughs> Amen. In every language and every tongue, the ripple effect went around the world. Hallelujah. Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, um, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Other mocking said, they are full of new wine. So they were acting, they were acting drunk. They were acting like they were under some other influence rather than the influence of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, to a lot of people that, are, that don't know the Holy Spirit, don't know Jesus, you know, that's how Christians sometimes look to people. You know, I know at, at our church back home, and when my dad was pastoring in Appleton, I think there were rumor, rumors going around that we were, like, handling snakes and all these different things, that we had stuff in our basement. And, of course, none of it was true. <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit and, and spiritual things are foreign to people that don't know about them. Amen. Or don't want to know about them. And so these people, right, they said, you know, some of them were, were mar- just marveled at it. Like, wow, this is, the ones that were open to it marveled, wow, this is amazing. How can we each hear them in our own language? And then some of you had saying, doubting, well, they're full of new wine. That's how they can speak in our languages, I guess, is what they were thinking. Right. Um, Acts 2.14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the, ninth, the third hour of the day. Now, I'm not sure if these different dialects and these different languages, if they could all understand the one common language, this Galilean. But apparently, when Peter was speaking... Everybody could hear it in their own language probably still. Isn't that amazing? Especially, maybe they didn't know the language of, of what Peter, his, his regular dialect, or his regular tongue. But you have all these different languages, all these different people. I would have to assume that some didn't know his language. But still, he was able to speak and everybody was able to hear. Isn't that amazing? You know, I've never really, I've never really thought about it like that. Like, Peter's speaking... And he doesn't say he's speaking in tongues right now, but he, he spoke to all the, all the men and women, and they all could hear what he was saying. And, and it says, For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Amen. Are, you, are we all flesh in here? Amen. Has he poured out his Spirit on you? Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is really the first... You know, later on, you, you see Peter being visited um, um, by uh, Cornelius, amen, and it kind of started the, the, okay, maybe Gentiles can get in on this thing too, type thing. But really, the, the ministry and, and, and the Lord, after he resurrected, the ministry to the Gentiles started here, because it says... And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord. It doesn't say those who are Jewish that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it says whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And that's one thing I love about, about our God is he's not a respecter of persons. Amen.
He, he treats us all with love, amen, equally, unconditional love, amen. So no matter how good or how bad somebody is or how early or how late in life they call on the name of the Lord, they can't be saved, amen. And as Christians, we, we, that's how we treat people, amen. We, we know that even if they, they might seem like the worst person in the world to us, but we know that there is a hope because Jesus has a hope for him. Amen. He's all-knowing. He knows, he knows what's going to happen. He knows the beginning from the end. Right. But he always has the hope. He, he, always, he, he, he has hope in mankind. Amen. He has hope in different people. It says that he wishes that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. Amen. And so that's his will. That's his perfect will for this earth, is that all come to repentance, all come to the knowledge of the truth, all come and reach out to him. Amen. Acts 2, let's jump down to 37. Peter's talking, and it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can be, you can do what we were just doing. You can have the same authority, and you can have the same power of what we were just doing if you just relent to Jesus. Amen. Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off. Amen. We're, we're afar off. We, we weren't there. <laughs> Amen. We weren't children of any of these, but we are afar off. And, and Peter was saying that this gift is for everybody. You want to be filled with the Spirit, with this evidence of speaking in tongues? This gift is for you. Amen? It's not just for us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so he's trying to get them to see that, that there is no respecter of persons. That, that the Lord, he's going to pour out his Spirit on those who want his Spirit poured out on them. Amen? <clears throat> for the promises to you, your children, to ours fall off. As many as the Lord our God will call... And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. <clears throat> Show you the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, in his ministry, you know, he had three and a half year ministry, and 120 people really <laughs> caught on and followed the Lord. All right, this 120 in this room really followed the Lord. In five minutes of Peter speaking under the power of the Holy Spirit, not, to, not saying that Jesus didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit in him, he did, Amen. But, but the Holy Spirit, when Jesus resurrected, 3,000 people were added to the kingdom that day. And I would have to, I would have to assume that all 3,000 probably continued in the way because, because it doesn't say that 3,000 believed and then some departed, Right? All we, can, all we can see here is that 3,000 were added to the kingdom. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all those who believed were together and had all things in common. Had all things in common. Hallelujah. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And you see this, this, this brotherhood, amen, this brother and sisterhood, hallelujah, of believers from all different nationalities and all different countries, all different languages coming together, worshiping the Lord as one people, amen. And as Christians, you know, Pastor Dave says this all the time, but that's how it's going to be in heaven, different tongues, different nationalities, different tribes, different races, all worshiping together. Amen. And we have to remember that none of this would have happened without Jesus dying and the Holy Spirit coming. Jesus said, I had to die in order for, I have to go so that I can, so I can return as the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. He was, he was the helper sent after Jesus left the earth. So if you go to John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. 
And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Amen. So we know that the God has three in one. Amen. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Amen. I'm going to come back in the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to minister to you. The Holy Spirit is going to minister to you. He's going to be the guide for you. He's going to be your helper. Amen. He's going to give you advice when you need it. John 16, 5, just a couple of chapters later. But now I go away with him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. We're at a greater advantage than the apostles were. Amen. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I did not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Amen. Hallelujah. And one thing about the Holy Spirit is he's, he's everywhere at every time. Amen. He knows exactly what you need in every situation and every moment. Amen. If Jesus would not have died for mankind, the Holy Spirit could not have come. And he could not have been with us or in us. Amen. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a powerful thing. So it's better for the Holy Spirit, amen, to be with us now than if Jesus had been with us. You know, you, you hear a lot of, some people say, you know, and, and it would be cool, but it'd be cool to be with Jesus, you know, have Jesus be here or live back when Jesus lived. But I tell you what, we're in such a, we're in such an amazing position to do so much stuff, so many things in, in the world with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we got to realize it's not our, our own authority. Amen? It's not our own power. Amen? But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? But the Spirit is everywhere at every time. So if we go to Genesis, just going back to the beginning, Genesis 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So right at the beginning, right away, he was, he was searching, he was looking, he was saying, okay, this, is, this looks like a good place for for our people to be. <laughs> Amen. This is like a good place. He was hovering. He was searching. Amen. Right in the beginning. And then we get into Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our own image. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Holy Spirit. Let us. We're going to make man in our own image. And we're going to make man in our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So the Holy Spirit, you know, we think, you know, we, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Holy Spirit was so instrumental in creating us. And he was so instrumental in our personalities. And then he was so instrumental in, in um, our, our decision-making, our, the wisdom that we get from him. He was instrumental in constructing our bodies. Amen. And so the Lord, the Godhead, three, three and one, created us, amen, so that we could be like him. So we could be in his likeness. So we could be in, in his image. Amen. And so when we see the acts that Jesus did in the New Testament, we see how we should live. I mean, we see, we see how we should treat people. We see how we should witness. I mean, we see the gospel is embodied in Jesus. And because the gospel is embodied in Jesus, the gospel can be embodied in us. I mean, and we can, you know, we might be the only Jesus somebody sees or the first Jesus that somebody sees, however you want to look at it. Amen. And so we can have an impact on people through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk about primarily today um, the power of the Holy Spirit and what he allows us to do. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we have power. He's saying that, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and give you power to be witnesses. Amen. We have power to be witnesses to our local community, to our state, to our country, to the world. Amen. And even right now, you know, people are watching on Facebook Live. We bless you in Jesus' name. And people are watching from different states. People are watching maybe from different countries. I don't know. It's on my Facebook. I don't have as many... Uh, um, overseas friends, as Pastor Jeannie does, but, you know, it's reaching, the gospel reaches the world. Amen? And it's not just through this 
ministry, but there's so many ministries out there that want to touch the world, that are, that are for the world and not against the world. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we receive power to be witnesses and to preach the gospel. And with that, we have the power through the Holy Spirit to, like Mark 16 says, to cast out demons. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to speak in new tongues. Amen. To take up serpents or to drink anything deadly and none of that is going to hurt us. Amen. And, and so anything that, that the devil tries to throw at us, the Holy Spirit's there saying, I got your back. Amen. I know you. <clears throat> There's nothing impossible with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have the power through the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and, re- and they recover. Amen. And all these things are witnesses to unbelievers, and all believers have the same authority through the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter what title we have, it doesn't matter who we are in the community, if we're a high status, if we're a low status, if we're a mid status, it doesn't matter. If you're a believer, you have the same authority as any other believer in the world. Amen? The same authority, that same power runs through your bones, that same healing power, that same Praying in tongues, power. Amen. Hallelujah. We have that same uh, speaking in tongues, power, that same casting out demons, power. Amen. That the Holy Spirit gives us. And all these things are witnesses. Amen. So Acts, let's go to Acts 3, verse 7. And this is a, you know, one of the, after the, the day of Pentecost, one of the first demonstrations in the Bible just about the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And verse 7 says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaped up, stood, and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, that they, and they knew that he was the one who sat at the, at begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So you have this guy who's been there for a long time, just asking for money, asking for money, asking for money. And Peter finally says, I'm not going to give you any money. I don't have any money to give you. But what I do have, I will give to you. Amen. And we can be, we can be like Peter, maybe not in, in, maybe in that example as extreme, which sometimes we are. There are people that are healed that are lame. Amen. But in just our everyday life, we can be a Peter. We can say, you know, what I have, you know, I might not have much, but what I have, I can give to you. Do you want what I have? Amen. And we can, people see us and they see our countenance. They see the smiles on our faces. They see how we treat other people and they say, wow, I've never seen that before. Or I don't see that very often. What, what do you have? What are you on? Like Pastor Dave said, he went to walk in the West restaurant and he was just happy, and somebody asked him, what are you on? And he said, Jesus! Amen. We can be on Jesus all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Peter and John, they healed this man. We go to Acts 4, verse 7. And uh, when they had set him in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and of Israel. So, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, he never went, you just know, Peter never went anywhere without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? To be a Spirit-filled Christian isn't just you get filled, and then you just, you know, it goes down, 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 until it's empty again, and then you fill it back up. No, being a Spirit-filled Christian means that your Spirit's filled all the time. Amen? That we can be filled all the time. And we all have days that, that we don't, maybe aren't the happiest, or we're not in the best mood. I... Ask my kids. Uh, I have those days for sure. But when we recognize that, we can fill ourselves back up. Amen. I'll look at the verse later, but we can build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Amen. We can build ourselves up. Because this world isn't going to build us up. Sorry to say, this world is not going to build us up. This world is going to try to tear us down. Amen. And you see that with... with um, Violence and, and different things and news stories and, and everything. Um, so much negative news in the world. And if you let yourself get 
get entwined with it and you let yourself just continually watch all these things, it's easy. By the end, I mean, by the end of the day, it can be, <sighs> I'm exa- you know, you either get exhausted by all the negative <laughs> news that's out there. Well, we have positive news to give, amen. As Christians, we have positive news to give. Amen. We want to go to bed thinking, hallelujah, this was such a positive day in our own lives, amen. And wake up, hallelujah, this is going to be a positive day, amen. Hallelujah. So we jump down again, Acts 4, 13. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So Peter and John didn't say, yeah, we were with Jesus when he was crucified. We were followers of Jesus. No, by their actions and by their power and by their authority, amen, they realized, wow, these, they, they don't have any training. They had to have been with Jesus. Who else talks with this authority, amen, if they weren't with Jesus? Amen. But you notice, and in, in, we go back to verse 8, that Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Filled with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit to speak to these educated people, these educated men, about the wonderful works of God. Acts, again, we're going down again. Acts 6, verse 3, 3, 5, and 8. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So, seek out men that are full of the Holy Spirit. Again, full of the Holy Spirit. Has the power and uses the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, And then and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, and the proselyte from Antioch. And verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power. When we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're full of power. Amen? did great wonders and signs among the people. And signs and wonders, the Bible says that as a believer and as being filled with the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders will follow us. Amen. Wherever we go, signs and wonders will follow. Amen. Hallelujah. Even more than having the Holy Spirit in him, he allowed the Holy Spirit to work through him. Amen. As a believer, when when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there waiting to be activated in our life. And so Stephen, he didn't just have the Holy Spirit inside of him. He activated. He called on the power of the Holy Spirit in his everyday life. Amen. He stayed constantly full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's like a lamp. A lamp can be on. You can turn a lamp on or off. But if it's plugged into the wall, the current doesn't stop. It doesn't just, when you turn off the lamp, the power doesn't just stop, Right? The power continues to go. We're like the lamp. We can choose to be on or off, but the Holy Spirit never turns off. He'll never turn off in your life. He's always there ready. He's always there waiting for you to make a step of faith. He's always there waiting for you to pray with this person. He's always there waiting for you to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. Amen. He's always there. He's with you. Amen. When we turn on that light, you know, it doesn't take, unless you're one of these new new light bulbs, but when you turn on a light bulb, it just automatically comes on, doesn't it? Like I said, except for a few exceptions, but we're gonna we'll leave those. When you turn on a light bulb, it just automatically comes on. When we turn on the light bulb in ourselves, the Holy Spirit automatically comes and flows through us. Amen. There's no lag time with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a strong connection. A place that we don't want to get to is thinking that we're doing things for the Lord under our own power and authority. Just like a lamp that's not plugged into the wall, if you turn the lamp on, nothing's going to happen. So if we think that by our own authority and by our own power, and just because we are who we are, and just because we're a mature Christian, and we've done all these signs and these wonders and these miracles, when we start not relying on the Holy Spirit, we're slowly unplugging the cord from the wall. We're slowly unplugging ourselves from the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we don't want to get to a place where we're prideful and we're thinking, well, I did, the, I did this before. This happened through my ministry before. Amen. No, we want to stay humble. We, want to be, we always want to be humble and sensitive 
to what the Lord is trying to say, sensitive to the Holy Spirit who works in our lives. Amen. And the Holy Spirit does so many other things in our life. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. How many feel sometimes that, that your life is just being flooded by the enemy? And it's like, it's like hard to, you know, it's like, <laughs> I need some room. You know, all these things are happening. All these things are coming my way. But the Holy Spirit's for us. Amen? When the enemy wants to wreak havoc on our lives... And we don't feel like we can take it. The Holy Spirit will come to our defense with an irresistible power. Irresistible. Can't be resisted by the devil. Can't be resisted by the enemy. When the enemy gives a bad report, the Holy Spirit comes in like a flood. Amen. The Holy Spirit lifts up a standard. Amen. When we don't feel like we can fight for ourselves, which we we can't, we do need the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will say, I got your back. I'm going to lift up this standard. Amen. Get your feet back under you. We have some work to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen. The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that the Spirit of the Lord came upon specific people at specific times. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is with us continually. And we're all we, can be, we can always be filled with the Holy Spirit. You look at, at Judges 6.34. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon for a specific purpose. Judges 11.29. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah for a specific purpose. Judges 14.6. The Spirit of the Lord came upon mightily upon Samson for a purpose. Amen. 1 Samuel 11.6. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul for a specific purpose. To lead the people of Israel. But in the New Testament, the Bible already says, let's just go to it again, Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Pour out my spirit. It's like a hose. You know, if you turn the hose on, the water is just going to continue to flow. He's continuing to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Amen. That's why we don't want to think that anybody's a lost cause. And because the Spirit is here for all flesh. It's poured out on all flesh. Amen. So it just might be the right word. Or maybe you just plant a seed. Or maybe, maybe you're not the one that leads someone to the Lord, but, but you're watering the seed. Amen. It's important. It's important to know that our efforts for the Lord are not in vain. Amen. It's easy because sometimes you just don't see results. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to be like, well... This person isn't getting anything. I've been working with them for 12 years now, and I've been witnessing, and they're still the same person that they were. Well, it's not our job to change them. Amen. Trust in the Holy Spirit. Amen. A relationship requires trust from both parties. Amen. So if we do our job, if we do, if we witness, we need to trust the Holy. If the Holy Spirit trusts us to witness. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to, for his power to come through. Amen. To give us the words to speak. The Bible says the Holy Spirit brings back to our remembrance things that Jesus said. Things that his word said. And trust in the Lord. Amen. It's easy to get fearful or nervous if we're trusting in our own um, words, in our own speaking. Paul even said that he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't feel like he was a great speaker. Right? Paul said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not coming to you with these crazy, awesome words. But, you know, um, when they went to uh, that Greek town, what did they say? It said it perceived that Paul was the leader because he was the orator. <laughs> it said Paul, Paul must have had been a, a decent speaker if he was considered a leader. And they called him, I can't remember which one, Zeus. I can't remember the other, the other name. But I tell you what, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what our words are like. Moses, he, he had a stutter. He, didn't, he felt like he wasn't called, but after like the third or fourth plague, he was the one doing all the talking. Aaron quit talking, and Moses was the one that got the boldness and the strength. And you know, see, that's what the, the Holy Spirit will do in our lives too, is when we don't feel like we have what it takes, 
to carry out an assignment, he'll work with us. And he'll meet us, you know, in the middle maybe. You know, but after a while, he gives us the boldness and he, tell, he gives us the confidence to be like, no, you can do this. Amen. You, I've called you to do this, so you can do this. Amen. It's never with harsh words. Amen. But it's with this loving, okay, yeah, I'll give you Aaron. Here, here you go. Aaron, Aaron can speak for you. And then after about three or four plagues, Moses is like, no, I can do this. Amen. Same with us. We can do what the Holy Spirit has called us to do. He's given us a grace to do our different assignments. Amen? Hallelujah. Believers, we all have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And because of that, we all have the ability to speak in other tongues. And, you know, that was really the the big, from the day of Pentecost, that that was the thing. I mean, nobody had spoken in tongues. That was a completely new, like, whoa, what, what is this? Type of a thing. And, but we all have the ability to speak in other tongues, just as they did on the day of Pentecost. You know, some believers think that tongues ended there, that that was, that was the last of the tongues. But throughout history, there's always been a group of people that's spoken in tongues. There's never, you know, it might have been, it might have been in the dark depths of the earth, and it might have been dormant for a little while, but there's always been people that spoke in tongues. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 14, 2, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Amen. So praying in tongues without interpretation is for edification. Amen. We don't always know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit does. But we make the effort. We have to be the one to do it. We have to be the one to activate it. Amen. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the utterance, as, as, as the Spirit gave them utterance. I mean, so we still have to utter, but the Holy Spirit gives us that utterance. Amen? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit doesn't pray in the Holy Spirit, but he allows us to at any time. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Amen? And it's a gift that he wants us to have. Jude one twenty, I mentioned it, 2021. But you, uh, you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So even in your prayer time, you know, if you, if you, um, if you don't know what to say and don't know what to pray for, start praying in the Spirit. And a lot of times I found out that once I start praying in the Spirit, the Lord will put something in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'll pray for that. And then he just kind of gives us, he'll give you things. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. You have churches sometimes that forbid to speak in tongues. They They don't want that. But as a Christian, we don't want to forbid anyone to speak in tongues. To use that gift that God has for them. Amen? Some say, well, tongues was just for the apostles and not anybody else. Let's go to Acts 10.44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. And many came, and as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So we see that the Gentiles, even in this, you know, even even while they were still contemplating, eh, does this really apply to Gentiles? The Holy Spirit fell. And the Gentiles started speaking in tongues. They hadn't, even, they hadn't even been baptized by water yet. That's, ugh. I might step on some toes somewhere. They hadn't even been baptized by water yet, but the Holy Spirit fell on them, and they started speaking in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Gentiles, us, all of us here that aren't Jewish, the Holy Spirit fell on them. They started speaking in tongues. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then Peter, I love what he says, Can anyone forbid water that she should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Can we, he's basically saying, can we tell these guys that they can't become a Christian because they're not Jewish? Well, no, that's silly. 
Amen. In this day and age, can we tell a criminal, can we tell somebody who's done horrible things in their life that they can't become a Christian just because they've done these things? We can't. Amen. It's for everybody. Hallelujah. So we know that speaking in tongues is for all of us. We speak in tongues at the church, you know, during service a lot. You know, in between songs, I hear, you know, I hear people and, and I do myself speaking in tongues and, and praising the Lord in, in tongues. And, um, while we're praying, people speaking in tongues. And I don't know how many here um, are used to that, know that, you know, as far as can, you know, speak in tongues. But I do want to tell you that it is biblical. And it is something that is for you. It's not a requirement to go to heaven. But I tell you what, if you're looking, if you feel like your ministry is dragging, and you feel like your ministry, like you just can't affect people, it, and maybe this is for somebody here, I don't know. But you don't, and, and you don't know how, and you don't know, um, and you haven't spoken in tongues before, I encourage you, and I, I'm going to tell you this, that there's going to be a pep in your step. There's, a, there's something that just happens in the spirit realm, when we activate that part of the gospel, when we activate that part of the Holy Spirit. Amen? <clears throat> Ephesians 5, 18 through 21. And do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipa- dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, excuse me, and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So it says in verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So what we do at the church when we, when we pray in the Spirit and sing in the Spirit, that's all biblical. Amen? It's something that it connects us with the Holy Spirit. It connects us with the Father. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't be afraid to do something like that. Don't be afraid what people are going to think when you start praying in the Spirit. Amen? We're all in this together. We're all one body of Christ. Amen? And none of us are perfect. None of us know it all. I don't know, I don't know every single verse in the Bible is by heart. I don't, um, you know, I don't know everything, all the little nuggets that the Lord has for us in the Bible. But I tell you what. Once we once we try to once we start activating the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we start and we continue to read the Word, little by little He'll reveal things to us. There's things that be like you know layer upon layer, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. He will reveal things to you that you're like, wow, I've never seen that before. Like Kenneth Hagin, he said that he was uh, if I can remember this, he he was talking with Jesus and in a vision. And he said, then a demon, like a smoke stream, stood between them and fogged up and just started yelling and screeching. And, and he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. And he kept on thinking, why isn't he, why isn't he telling this demon to leave? And, uh, and he, so it kept happening, kept happening. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. And the demon disappeared and left. And he said, he questioned the Lord. He said, Lord, why... Why didn't you do anything about this? You know, I, you're trying to tell me important things, and <laughs> here this demon is, and you're not doing anything about it. And and Jesus said, you know, if you wouldn't have done anything, I couldn't have done anything. And that's a lot of times in our lives. Sometimes we put ourselves in the way of what the Holy Spirit wants to do and wants to move through us. You know, but but Kenneth Hagin said, um, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to. Give me three scriptures. I need three scriptures to show me that. And he said, Jesus smiled sweetly and said, I'll give you four. But it just tells me, you know, a man, and in, in, I think a lot of people would consider kind of thinking a man of great faith, but he read the Bible thousands, of, probably thousands of times. Amen. Dozens of times, hundreds of times, I don't know. But there were things that even he, he, didn't, he didn't see until the Lord was able to reveal. Amen. So no matter how mature we are as a Christian, no matter how good we think we are and how much we know, the more I found, I found out that the more I know, the less I know that I know. When I first came to college, I was so cocky <laughs> as far as I thought I knew it all. My dad was a pastor. I had been in church all the time. I was, I could, I was speaking in the Holy Spirit. I had been saved since I was a kid. 
I was like, I know all this stuff. <laughs> and then I remember, this is a little uh, side story, but I remember I was at a fire starters group, and uh, even, even God, I think back my first half of my freshman year, and uh, even like in the fire starters group, somebody would be sp- speaking, and be like, oh, I already know that. And I just completely turned myself off to, to the message or whatever it was. It's like, ah, I know that. That's nothing new. I've heard that before. But I remember one time we were in the sunroom at Caldwell Hall. And uh, I was listening. And it was again, it was just a simple message. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, listen. Just listen. And it's like scales came, were on my eyes and just completely got lifted up. And I was like, wow, I've never heard that before. Even though it's, it's a message that I've heard before, I, in my mind I was like, wow, that's really good. And so I've always really tried to, no matter who's speaking, be like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me in this message? So I'm never too, I, we're never too mature when, you know, here I was, 19 years old or whatever, thinking I had it all figured out. But I tell you what, the Lord met me where I was at. And he didn't do, he didn't slap me across the face. And then he just said, listen, I want you to listen. I want you to try to get something out of this. Tell you what, the Holy Spirit is for us, amen? He's not against us. Amen. So let's, obe- let's just be obedient to the, to the Holy Spirit this morning. I want you to stand on your feet with me. Hallelujah. If you've never spoken tongues before, that's okay. But I'm asking you to try it now. You have that gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You're filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Amen. And just allow the Lord to work through you. Don't hold back. Amen. It might come out right away just as hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But I tell you what, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and it might, sometimes it doesn't happen right away. I've, had, I've, I've prayed with people that receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and nothing happened. But on the car ride home, they just started speaking in tongues. Amen. So it might not happen right now, but I want you to be open. I want you to be engaged with the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So just open your mouth. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. And you can be loud in here. Hallelujah. Just allow the Holy Spirit to move through your to move through that river of living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be embarrassed. Nobody's looking around at you. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being in this place today. We thank you for being with us today, Lord. We thank you for people opening themselves up to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Whatever's in your spirit, start praying it out, whether it's in tongues or in English. We stand in one accord this morning. Hallelujah. As you were speaking back there, um, I was in the back, and uh, the Lord gave me a picture of someone praying in a deep pit, but behind them was a rope. So they were praying to get out of the pit, but their rescue was right behind them. So they have to open their eyes, and they have to turn around and see the rescue that's right behind them. It's like they're crying out. But they don't hear or they don't listen or they don't see the rescue that's there waiting for them. So get off your knees, open your eyes, and your rescue is there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Look around. Amen. Open your heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. So in Jesus' name, I just bless you guys. Lord, I thank you for a great weekend. Rest of the weekend, Lord, a great week going forward. Lord, I thank you for peace in people's hearts, for opportunities to show love intentionally, Lord. And we just thank you that you are the king on the throne. And we worship you, we submit to you alone, Lord. 
We, we thank you. We honor you. We give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. And we just thank you for a great night tonight watching Overcomer. Father, your spirit fills this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like the song, the train of his robe fills the temple. Every time I, I, I just picture this, this flowing robe of Jesus. Hallelujah. Dave, you yeah. Hallelujah. Some really challenging times in our country right now. And as a body of Christ, we have an obligation. We have a, vo- a message of reconciliation and we have the Holy Spirit. And we can reach out for a word to our uh, fellow Americans who are black. And we will see a really, really positive response every time. I think they will be shocked to know that we care. Amen. Amen. And we prayed this morning for the nation. We prayed for the things going on. If you weren't here to start, but um, again, Lord, we just thank you for restoration. We thank you for peace. We thank you that your word goes forth in love and in grace, Lord. And we just thank you for the many benefits that we have being on your side, Father, and you being on ours. And Lord, we do. Thank you, uh, Dave. We do, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for eyes to be open. And we thank you for hearts to be to be um, open to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. So go in peace. Have a great day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.